And we are back. And not only are we back, guys, we left off in the middle of initiative. So you guys, on the way back from the capital district of Alkenstar, headed towards the Widget Works warehouse, uh, Anita asked if you could possibly take a detour to visit her father at home who hasn't been seen. She hasn't seen him in months since she was arrested for murder and other various things but we'll, we'll just stick with murder <laughs> and as you guys swung by you found something that was probably scarier than actually seeing the uh undercover police staking it out and that was there was nobody staking it out anymore and hal brent snuck in with his sneaky shadowy self through the entire building and found anita's father strapped to the bed the bed rigged with tons of explosives, black powder explosives underneath the bed, uh, causing him to skedaddle on out back to his friends who were waiting for him where a creaky floorboard made a mess of the situation and a couple of weird shadowy creatures emerged from the corners of the room to chase him. And when we last left off was Hal running out the front door. Saruk got his rifle loaded across the way. The sights are trained right on the door for the next person that comes out. He's even loaded that molten bullet right into the chamber, ready to go. Let me get that persistent fire damage. Uh, Hal comes running out, trying to be sneaky. Saruk, I don't think he beats your passive perception, so you definitely see him come out. And um, let's see. I'm nervous. I can't even see shit. It's probably for the best. You're pretty far back there, yeah. So the first one moves to there. The second one... You see, like, literally the end of the movement stepping into the door frame is this weird little creature that looks like this. Through. You've got this sort of giant weird animal-like creature, long claws, short little squat thing. So you're, I think your 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 crosshairs probably have to like go down lower than you're expecting because this thing like appears like in the doorway. But you have a ready shot, which you can take if you would so ch- like. Oh, I do. Let me just really quickly target him. And we're going to get him with that molten bolt. What do you mean my Giselle is not loaded? Load your damn gun. <laughs> I've got the molten bullet. You, it fucked you it up. only had two weeks, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just sitting here for 14. All right, like, let's get let's get that crit. Okay, so it's in my second range increment. Story of Saruk's goddamn life. Yeah, what's the range on your Giselle? Uh, less than 115. I think it's like 80 or 90. Got it. Got it. Yeah, 90. So it's a long, but not. Right. I'm gonna probably uh, hero point that, I think. Yeah. So here's the thing. You take a bonus hero point on Molten Hosting, because this is the Molten Bullet. So this will be your bonus hero point for the added uh, spot. My man. Uh, it's fate! All right, everybody who I tweeted at my Discord, so I said, hey, come watch me fuck up and rage quit. You can go now. <laughs> ah! No, don't go. So here, here in this nice sort of quiet part of the neighborhood not like nice but like this quiet there's not a lot on the street uh a loud sort of like boom of the Giselle like echoes out uh makes a loud sort of thunderous echo 
Um, and you guys, your eyes all turn because Price of Rook's the only one that's really noticed it at this point. Uh, and you just watch as your bullet sails a little wide and just hits the door frame, Saruk. That is a miss. Now everyone's sort of adrenaline that surge, the goosebumps, because uh, the, the fight is on. So that was just your held action. Um, that brings us to your turn, Anita. All right. I can't see anything. Okay. Have I seen how? No. Uh, you, from where you are, um, I don't think so. But I heard the bang from... Um... You heard Saruk's bang as he fired out from the rooftop above you, yeah. All right, so getting that information, Anita's going to look at uh, Refi real quick, just share a glance like, I'm going to go in, and then she's going to stupidly go forward, use two movements to go forward. So that's 50, just to get closer, 50 right there. And then I'm going to pass my one action to give two to Wybert, who's going to get in closer. So 50 as well for Wybert. Get into the house. I don't care if I'm out in the open. All right, I see them. That's the end of my turn. There we go. All right. Ruficule. All right. I will uh, take my free action to draw my pistol. Okay. All right, and then I will take my 10-foot step. Not seeing anything, I will then... Don't want to go in front of Saruk. I'll stride 20 feet. Saruk's also, like, on a rooftop above you, so you don't have to worry too much about... Oh, okay. ...about, like, blocking line of sight. Uh, 55 feet is well within range. I'm going to take a shot. Okay. Do it. Come on, Ruffy. Oh, that was so close to a natural 20. Mm-hmm. So the, it was a 20. Actually, I had a, I had an effect on it that it shouldn't have had. So that dirty 20 is a hit. It's not a crit, Woo! but it is a hit. All right. Uh, that would be... <clears throat> nice. Nice. 12 points of damage. Not bad. Max damage. Mm-hmm. Let me just check. Okay, no resistances. Your bullet like tears right into this thing, right into like his kind of fleshy open chest and and rattles around a bit. It does quite a bit of damage in there. Alright. Uh just need to measure something real quick. Still too far. Alright. Um actually, hold on. For intimidating glare, what's the what's the range on that? Good question. I think it's 30 feet. It, I don't think it changes the range necessarily. It just takes away the uh, the, the language, language components. So, uh, yeah, so... So it's still... You think it'd be line of sight or something, right? Right, you, you'd think so. It's supposed um, to be within 30 feet. Yeah, unfortunately. All right. I will then just normally reload. I will hold my third action as an aid action to feint an attack for the next attack going off. Perfect. Alright, that brings us back to the top of the round and Saruk. Okie dokie, untap upkeep to Visestrat. 
Uh, you're gonna a get a seventeen. Eight. Yeah. Ah, oh, jeez, that's still. Mm-hmm, that's not great. It would. It would give us information. Yeah, sure. Uh, for my second action, I reload the jail, and for the third, I fire it. Then, with the range increment, that takes it down to a fifteen. Would a fifteen hit? Uh, fifteen ends up missing. So I, my faint go off. Oh, let's see. It would go off. That is a good point. So go ahead and make the aid check. DC 20. Very cursed. Mm. No. Uh, no, it does not didn't go hurt. off. <laughs> didn't hurt. Uh, so I think with the 15, um, the bullet gets a lot closer with this next shot, Saruk, but it's still just, uh, it just glances right at the creature's like foot or just kind of right past it. Um, kind of between his legs. You were really close to hitting, just not quite there. Mm-hmm. Just Saruk is just quietly getting the next bullet, and I passed him. Okay. Uh, Halbrant. All right. How are we doing? I think I'm going to... Can I delay? Yeah. You want to delay your turn? Yes, sir. Perfect. When you're ready to jump in, you let me know, and we'll move your initiative. Okay, that brings us to these creatures' turn. So, they gotta make a check real quick. Okay. Yeah. So, this thing here locks eyes right back with you, Reficule, because you just blasted it. And its first action is to stride right down the stairs, like towards you. It's not super fast, it's kind of this weird, funky sort of creature. So it doesn't run. It only has like a 20 foot stride speed. Uh, the one interesting thing you notice how is your creep crouched down here in the shadows uh, trying to hide is it runs right past you almost like it didn't notice you. Or maybe it just, you know, doesn't want to notice you. But for whatever reason, it doesn't look in your direction at all. Uh, second stride here to get to get here. And uh, for its third action, it like sort of it stops on the stairs and it makes it so smaller, it kind of cowers in on itself, and you watch as it kind of pulls its limbs in and kind of uses this sort of layers of fat it has to protect its like vital organs and makes itself a smaller target, and it's going to use cower as an action. All right. Uh, by the way, Steve, due to yes. my sword and pistol, uh, that little fella is flat-footed against my next melee attack. Because of what feature? Sword and pistol. Is that a new thing? It's uh, was my my class feat. Very very cool class feat. Yeah yeah that is cool. Uh, you got a firearm in one hand and a melee weapon in the other. Are you dual wielding right now? You got a you got a melee weapon. Uh, I mean my hands. Just just these hands. <laughs> That's these. Tr- these I've, got I've got these guns. Yeah, these guns. <laughs> oh, so that's the question, right? Does does a fist count as a melee oh, weapon? Yeah, yeah, it totally counts. It should, right? I mean, it kind of. Yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yeah, that's cool. Your so when you make to use your when you make a successful range strike against an enemy within your reach with your one-handed firearm, you, that enemy is flat against your next melee attack. And then yeah, when so- I make a successful melee attack. I can use a range attack without provoking attacks of opportunity from them. Got it. But it looks like, if I'm reading it right, you have to basically, if you're point blank, and you have to be within reach, your your, your fist has to be able to punch in order to get the flat-footed condition, right? 
And if you make a successful range strike against an enemy within your reach, and it wasn't within your reach when you shot it. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Within your reach. As you're within your reach, yeah, yeah. Um, unless your reach is like 50 feet, that'd be pretty impressive. Uh, so I it's not, it's I not, didn't read that part. Not the next one, but maybe on the next turn that'll come into play. I misunderstood that part. Yeah. Or if you make a strike, then you can make the range. Mm -hmm. it's, you can do it in either order, right? Yeah. And it, it says it's lost if not used by the end of your next turn. So it could yeah. last yeah. over a next turn. That's cool. All right. Mm -hmm. Good to know. Commit it to memory. So this other creature, uh, you see it, it kind of like walks out. And it, this other one's really fast. It's run out to engage you guys. This one back here is like basically gets into the doorway like this and kind of slumps against the doorway a little bit and it looks like it's kind of panting a little heavily and just kind of yawning and that's as far as it gets and that's its turn how would you like to take your turn now no i'll wait okay i'll wait so that brings us to anita all right so uh first action i'm gonna get into overdrive all right let's make that crafting check Mary chrysler uh, chrysler shines on no one this evening 16 doesn't make uh doesn't make it yeah i think uh, that's going to be a failure mm -hmm. nothing happens yeah so nothing happens nothing bad happens either yeah nothing bad happens all right and then two actions to have wybert move forward right next to it right here and okay. then I'm gonna try to hit it with his soul all right okay so wybert's soul Ever smash. Ever so, ever smash. Wow. Okay. Uh, yes, we're not at the greatest rolls. Uh, Sixteen is a miss. So, like, as Wybert comes in with the saw blade, this thing is like bundled up and stuff, and it's like rolling around a little bit. And uh, Wybert's having a hard time like getting through, and it's a miss. All right. Uh, Wybert smash for his second action. Wasn't his first action to stride? Oh right. You're, no, never mind. <laughs> Is there a way to, I don't know, is there a way to give him three actions or is it just one action for two? Oh, if I gave him two actions, wait. I took one action to overdrive and then two actions mm -hmm. to give him three. Alright, so yep. this so he was his the second yep. attack. 19 still misses. Right. 19 still misses. Uh, you actually, the saw blade comes down and right where it's like, he's got some very sharp claws and the saw blades kind of hit the claws that are kind of protecting the middle of his body and there's sparks that kind of fly off it, but it doesn't get through and deal any damage. Alright. That's it for my turn, and I'm going to refresh to see if my dice rolls would get any better. <laughs> uh, Rick, now? All right. I'll wait for Ruffy. Uh, Ruffy. I think I will try it over here. I guess that wouldn't be flanking, would it? This is a barrel. That's the barrel of wasps that you guys have placed there. Oh. Oh. How convenient. Oh. The barrel of wasps. Maybe don't stand <laughs> next to it. Maybe not. I oh yeah, Saruk so so replaced his barrel of wasps. So in, in the last two weeks, I replaced the green box with an actual tile of a barrel, but I forgot to tell you guys. So that barrel is your barrel full of wasps. <laughs> your keg full of wasps. All right. Oh. Um, well, shit. Uh, <laughs> 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 I think then in that case, I would... Um, first thing I'll do is I'll shoot this guy. Okay. Seeing that, knowing that that's the barrel, I'm not going to get too much closer, but I will shoot first. Let's see what you get. Can you roll higher than a 10? Nope. That's a 21. Uh, 21 is a hit, though. Damn, 21. So even through its, like, 
you find the bullet finds its way through its defenses that it's thrown up on itself. Uh, it is gonna gonna deal a little bit of damage here. Let's see if you can All roll right. double sixes again. Almost. Yeah. That's eleven points of damage. Okay, takes the full eleven. Second action: use Reconter's reload to demoralize him using intimidating glare. That's right. No language necessary. Okay. That's a 15. Not too great. 15 is going to be a failure against its will save, DC. Alright, but I was about to... You see Refi, like, start to move forward and then realize the barrel's standing there and go, fuck that. And then I'm going to back away a bit. Okay. And that's my turn. Alrighty. I will move up to this guy here. Stride up to the other guy and I will attempt to do a snagging strike. So are you sneaking up on him or are you just walking up? I'm just walking up. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, he's yep. he's like <sighs> hanging in the doorway like, like and then all of a sudden you come running out of the shadows at him and he, you see him like get scared. Uh, go ahead and make the attack roll. Ooh. I'm going to use the hero nah. point. Okay, hero point it up. Getting all the bad rolls out point. now, right? Yeah, before we have to disable. Oh my god! Double natural one. <sighs> Fate sometimes has a sense of humor. Map attack. Yeah. <sighs> Shut the door. So it's just your second action. You still have a map attack. <gasps> yes, finally. Perfect. That twenty will hit. This one's not. Doesn't have the cowering going on. Twelve. We need some digital sage going. Fucking damage. This whole goddamn All right, series. twelve damage, and there's yeah, you're still staying strike, right? You can multiple, yep. you just staying strike infinite. Yep. So it's yep. flat-footed as long as it's um, next to you. Uh, it's kind of held off balance and flat-footed. That's my turn. Okay, we'll start with this one. Uh, so I gotta make some rolls real quick. I'm sure that's fine. Okay. okay. This one here. All right. This one turns towards. Well. So before you do that, I'm confused. It's my turn now. I go after hell. You're right. Yeah, that is a good point. Why am I going? Saruk, <laughs> you get to go. I made the rolls for them to get them ready for their turn. But yes, it is Saruk's turn. I definitely thought two more things for joining the encounter. Anyway, let's have upkeep devise a strat. Come on. Pretty please. Device can I have that. a... Let's go. Yeah, 23. I will immediately use it directly to the side of this stretch's head. Does a 23 hit? 23 does hit. I probably... Even through its de- its defenses are up. Still a hit. Nice. So then here's the damage. That should all port correctly, I think. It's technically a 21 with the range penalty, right? No, this one isn't my first range increment. The range of Gamera Giselle is 90. Yep. Yeah, it moved closer. Yep, you're yeah. right. Yeah, either way it would have hit. Uh, six points of damage. I just roll. Ugh, that was not good. And then it should also have... It doesn't have the uh, extra four from Brain Go. Oh, never mind, never mind. I don't, I don't get that to damage. I'm, I'm full of shit. Never mind, yeah, six damage. Only on that, okay. Boo for two threes, and that's my turn. Are you sure you don't get into damage? I'm pretty darn. Is my brain just entirely off? 
If you select to choose your layers, any of these results are really made to vice drivers. You just have to do your intelligence for the attack roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Okay. Perfect. So shoot, reload. Did you have a. Yeah. Sorry, I missed what your three actions were. Devise, reload, shoot. That's right. Devise is its own action. Mm -hmm. All right. Now it brings us to their turn. So, um, this one, it's going to spend two actions chasing down Reficule. And then as it, like, comes in at you and it looks like it's, it's it had to, like, re... I had to like basically get up his defenses to do this and it charges at you and it looks like it wants to take these like sharp claws with this third action and dig into you and instead it just lets out like this kind of big yawn that kind of interrupts his attack and then it just kind of ends its turn next to you how this one who was resting on the door is looks at you gets a little bit of frenzy in its eyes and it's going to use the frenzied slashes ability which allows it to make Three claw strikes targeting you at a minus two penalty for each one, but map does not apply to them. So it's three uh, strikes. So first one is a 22. Yep. Okay. Um, and your alignment is neutral, neutral good. good. So you take the full nine damage. Alrighty. The second claw strike against you is a natural one which is a horrible miss good and the third and final slash is a two which is also a terrible miss a critical miss i don't think you have anything that triggers on critical miss but there's two critical misses oh, in a row not yet i think it's trying to get you and you've got it like snagged and it can't really it got like one hand into you and as it hits you don't only feel the claw digging into your skin but like you, you take damage that like is unlike anything you've probably ever felt like soul damage you know that evils like festering wound in you uh, but that's their turns Anita okay I'm gonna try to hit this uh, creature right here with my short bow okay oh, alright so that would be get out of roughly oh 16 so I didn't take the effect off, but that's still a miss. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, use two of my actions to stride forward. So full 50. Oh, there you go. That's it for okay. my turn. Uh, Ruffy. What the bloody fuck are you? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have the defensive measures up. Yes! About time, Jesus! <laughs> well, that is a crit. 32 is definitely a critical hit. Let's go, Ruffy. All right. Crits in chat, everyone! Hey, it's flat for the We're That's dead. Damn. 34 points of damage. Goodness. Well, man. let me just check. Carry the three. Yeah, it's dead. <laughs> now, technically, this dead body is flat-footed. It is flat-footed. To your uh, melee strike. Seeing how over there, I'm going to spend my second action to run up. Annie, hold up! You can't go running in there yet. Well, and third that... action to reload. That's my turn. That takes us to how. I would like to strike it with my snagging strike. Perfect. It's already flat-footed, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, flat-footed until the start of my next turn. 
Start yeah. your next turn? Okay, so it's, it's yeah. not anymore. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. But it will be. Oops. It's about to be. I didn't mean to sheath my sword. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Put it. How, Brynna? I don't need this. Just bare fist. I know. Fight. What the hell? How do I get it back? Strike. I said, damn you. I got to target it. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. It's Lot been a while. On. Close the door. Close the door. <laughs> there we go. Fighting in a doorway is uh, tricky for a virtual tabletop. Oh my god, It Rick, fucking is, isn't it? a natural one! That's three in a... Well, no, you hit after double natural one last time. Yeah. Map right, attack. Well, that's a miss. Uh, 15 also misses. I think I'm going to get out of the way so my friends can shoot. I'm going to move back. Okay. You run away. Uh, it does not seem to take advantage of that movement and trigger any kind of opportunity attack. That is my turn. All right, Saruk. All right, maybe this one's the molten bullet. It turns out <laughs> the real molten bullet was the friends I made along the way, and it played kingdom. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all Strategy right. was a 22. Duff a 20 hit. A 20 does. Ah, good, there this, it was. This one did not cower. Also, um, actually, wait, let me roll back one second. Actually, Rick, your 15 does hit because it didn't automatically. I, I clicked the frenzy slashes, but it didn't apply the clumsy two condition. So that lowers its AC by two. So your 15 actually does hit. So let's roll that back real quick. Nice. Perfect. So 17 points of damage. Uh, does that change what you want to do on your third action? No. Perfect. Yep. All right. So that brings us back to Saruk's. A 20 does hit. Nice. So when, when Ruffy's or not Ruffy, when Hal is clearing the line, yep. there is the thing, and wham! And you, you can see it looking really clumsy. For nine damage. Takes it pretty low, but not quite finishing it. And that's me. This thing gets to go. Let's make a check real quick. So I think at this point, it uses one action to close the door and then its second action is to do something uh, inside that no one has eyes on. Uh, Anita. Halbert, where is he? Yeah, he just closed the door. He's inside. No, my Kojak. <laughs> He's bound up in his bedroom. All right. I know where that is. So two actions to move forward. Uh, uh, one action to open the door. Huh? Uh, 50 50. Uh, and people can run through me, right? All right, that's the end of my turn. Yeah, it doesn't look like it made it very far. It's like bleeding this like dripping sort of black icker blood, and it's it's kind of like got its like arm over the back of a chair and it's like breathing heavily. Uh, Ruffy Kill. Ruffy will say, Damn it all, Annie, and get in front of her. Yeah, just these stairs going up is difficult terrain going up the stairs. Oh. That one square is. So, so that would be uh, extra movement. And then 15. I think... Wait, if that were the case, I wouldn't have been able to open the door. Are you sure? I thought you only took you like... I saw you use 45 movement to get there. I thought there it was, was 50. Yeah, 50 to get here. Well, either way, I let that go, so... Okay. <laughs> Too late to wreck on it now. 
<laughs> just know that going upstairs is uh, considered difficult terrain, just okay. so it takes a little bit extra move run upstairs. Alright, so I would only be able to get to here, because I can't okay. go past her. I don't have enough movement with two actions. No, actually, I'm going to use my third action to stride as well. Damn it, Annie, we don't know what's inside. Let me go first. And I'm going to go r right up to here. Yep, right on the edge of the desk. Push yep. right up against the desk. Okay. That's my turn. That is. All right. Uh, Hal. I will go in. I have 30 feet of movement. Dancing around everyone. Attempt to strike this snagging strike. Go for it. Here we go. Natural one. No. It's two of them. <laughs> 23 is a hit. Nine points. Not the greatest damage roll, but as you reach in, snag it, make your strike, pull it back. Um, it sort of like goes limp and lifeless in your body before it sort of begins to, to dissolve like into that like black ichor and kind of turn into goop as it just starts dripping over you and the body sort of disappears as this thing is destroyed and gone. And at least at the moment, it looks like all immediate threats have been taken care of. So the last okay. sort of demon falls. Yeah, and then the house here is like quiet. And then it, oh, through that sort of like quietness, you hear the sort of struggling voice of, of Kojak calling from the back of the house for help. Real quick, Saruk is going to scramble down and join everybody. And so doing, put away the Giselle and out come the close range setup. Control on my shield and control on my pistol. Yeah, with, with this sort of like loud noise and the gunfire that's been happening from Rafikul and Saruk and everything, um, as you're kind of getting down and listening, you hear sort of the sort of alarm being raised. Like, basically, it, it's not too, it's not like they're coming in like 30 seconds, but like the shield marshals sound like they are probably headed this way to see what the commotion's all about. We don't have a lot of time. Where is he? The hell were those things? It's in that room back here. He's got their stuff tied around his bed like explosives or something like that. So be careful. I take my uh, bows away and quickly take my repair kit out. Or thieves tools. Thieves yeah. So your dad's room is sort of in this back corner. And Anita sort of runs through this room. And, and this is the first time you guys have been here. But like there are very faint sort of symbols traced in the floorboards here. That Hal had been very carefully sort of going around the bloody hell is it so i feel like i can i can recall knowledge about it if you'd like but based on saruk's like background and training do you think it's reasonable for saruk to be able to see these and know what they are i think given your specific backgrounds yeah i don't even think i need to you can i can give you like a success or you can try to roll and see if perhaps you get a critical success and hope you don't get a critical failure but i'll allow you to sort of have assurance you know in my mean? knowledge stuff yeah i'll just take the what i would know Perfect. So looking over these symbols, these are um, these are very common sort of um, abyssal pack summoning rituals that would be able to summon these sort of demons to this plane to do somebody's bidding. I don't know what the demons in question are. Uh, and yeah, you would know because this is a pretty low level. This is, these are definitely dretches, kind of the embodiment of sloth as a uh, sin. So Saruk doesn't say anything, just walks forward, pointedly steps on the demon's head. If the body physically remains or any traces of it, 
it's slowly dissolving into like a black ichor puddle. And now that the now that the ritual has gone off, are these still active or? Uh, looking over at it, it looks like they are. They were sort of drawn, and these things were summoned here to this house uh, specifically by someone. But they're not. It's not like there's more that can come through. The ritual has been completed. Gotcha. And it's it's kind of like very hastily been swept away, but not very well, which is why it's still faintly visible on the ground. Okay. So back in the bedroom, Anita, you fling open the door. In that room, you see your father, Kojak. You haven't seen him in months. He's laying on the bed. Mm -hmm. He's bound his hands, his feet to all the four posts of the bed. Uh, He sees you and immediately uh, begins sort of tears welling up in his eyes as he's like, Anita, is that you? Yes. Oh, don't don't move. Just stay there. Your bed could be trapped. So just let me take a look at it really quickly. Just so that we're sure that you're safe. All right. Just don't move. Yeah, he he he's like, is it? This feels like a nightmare. Could be. R- Ruffy, is that is that you too? Now I know I'm dreaming. I'm here, old man. Don't worry. Yeah, Anita, why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check as you look over? Like, like you look under the bed. No doubt about it that it's packed full of like uh, black powder explosives. Bloody hell! Who who's your enemy, Kojak? Fuck! I'll use the hero point. I rolled a three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, use that hero point. Perception isn't my best suit. Okay. Uh, Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay. Yeah, looking over, looking over the the bed and the the traps. It looks like there's two different components to this, which is basically the bed itself and Kojak laying on the bed is acting as a sort of pressure switch to where if he is taken off the bed, it will trigger this to explode. That's the primary sort of mechanism of this explosive device. And the sort of secondary one here that you're noticing uh, with that good of a roll is that there is a sort of second timer that's a failsafe that if that second timer reaches its sort of limit, it'll trigger it regardless of if the pressure plate is triggered or not. So... Basically, you've got a time limit against you, as well as if somebody, if you, if you lift your dad off the bed, it will trigger this. Can I assess how, can I assess if I'm able to disable it? Yeah, you, I mean, it seems possible you could potentially get a way to sort of rig the switch so that even if you take your father off, it, it still holds that current shut. It, it is definitely possible to do that, to rig, to disable the device for sure. It's also possible to uh, disassemble the bomb entirely and and kind of remove the wires that make it explosive. Uh, it just depends on how you wanted to go about Sophie, this I task. A, I have a crazy idea. You too, as I pull out a pouch of sand and start weighing up Kojak. No, not that, Ruffy. No, I'm thinking, okay, so there's two mechanisms in here. One is the pressure plate and then the other one is a timer. We could get Kojak out and just leave the timer be. I'm thinking, what if we just let the house explode? If we let the house explode, whoever put this in here would think that he's dead or that we'd be dead. 
They wouldn't find any bodies, though. Or be incinerated. I don't know. I could go get some bodies. We just gotta get Kojak how how long do we have? Uh, it's with that roll. I mean, you're not entirely sure how much time is left on the actual timer. You know that there is a timer that's like the backup secondary trigger mechanism, but you have no clue. It's not like a. It's not like there's a clock with like timer counting down or anything. It's just ticking away. Okay. I'd like to disable the mechanism for the pressure plate first. Okay. You have um. Come on. You have your what? Have you have a crafting tools. tools, or do you have these tools or anything? I have my repair kit. Not really repairing this though. It's more of a disabling. Rafi, do you have your lockpicks? Always. They're amazing. You tell me what I need to do. Just need to borrow that from you real quick. What check do you need from me, boss? Is are you guys working together on this? Is this an aid sort of thing? Is I'm definitely helping her. Or depends what kind of check I guess. Is is this a like a thievery check? For this check for disabling the device, um, it is by default a thievery check unless Anita's got something to turn it into a crafting. But yes, this is a disable a device which is thievery. So, if you want to, if you want to aid Ruffy, I, we can I, make. I could help you, or you could help me. Your call, Annie. Yeah, it's your father. Quantit- huh? <laughs> what do you have? Quantitatively, I got a. All right, I will. I trust you in this, Ruffy. It's Kojak. I'm an aid, Ruffy. Okay. So, Anita, why don't you start by giving me a thievery check? DC 20 to aid. For you, Pops. 24. 24. That's going to give you a plus one circumstance bonus. All right. On the plus side, that much black powder, we wouldn't even feel it. We'd be dead before we even knew it. All right. This is for all the marbles here. For all of the marbles. Every last molten marble in the molten verse. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Chrysler. I'm gonna oh, I, I don't think that's good. <laughs> okay, you have a hero point. Perfect. Let's use that hero point. This is a heroic moment here. It's a word for it. You I'm gonna I, I, I fumble with the with the device a bit and I say, Annie, stand by the door. No. Right. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm fucking sweating. <laughs> She's yeah, okay. gonna cry. Yeah, that was intense. So the 12 would have been enough to be a critical failure that would have actually, because oh, a critical failure disable a device actually triggers the device. This thing is rigged mm-hmm. decently high level. But that natural 20, bringing it up to a 30 total, combined with you and Anita, takes us to a critical success, which is basically two successes towards disabling this device, which it does take two successes to disable this. So in one shot, you've completely disabled this sort of mechanism. You've managed to sort of clamp it shut and keep the current so that it's no longer reliant on Kojak's weight holding the pressure plate. So that aspect is disabled, and you're pretty confident in that fact, and you're pretty sure you can get him off the bed now. I'd like to think that as Rafi is taking a look at this, right, and he's taking a look at this setup and this uh, 
rigging. He's a bit he's familiar with it. He uh That's he recognizes and was probably actually taught a little bit about how to do this. So it makes it a bit easier for him. This has certain signature handiwork written all over it. Less so less so Mugland, but more so Uldrak. This is this definitely has his his sort of some of the the wiring is is a little shortcutty, and you can tell it's got his sort of fingerprints on it, so to speak. But yeah, you're able to disable that, and uh, with no problem, you're able to then free Kojak if you'd like. Yeah, I jump on the bed and try to lift Kojak up. Uh, upon realizing that I can't, because he's heavy. Oh. Don't still. I mean, don't jump. Please. As they yell for Saruk while all of this has been going on, like just step on head of demon, go to this door, slam this door open with shield, go in with business end pointing, scan the room. Is there anything or anyone in here? Give me a perception check. The immediate thing you notice as you kick open this door is that this is uh it's a bedroom, but it's slightly... It looks like it's been left untouched for a little while. 17. Uh, the bed looks made. It looks like no one's been sleeping in it. There's like a thin layer of dust around it. And uh, you catch a little bit of some of the decorations of this room. And it makes you realize that this room is definitely like Refugule's room. But there are... Somebody has come through here and, and just like basically smash this place like there are uh like a bookshelf that's just completely tossed over there's like a picture sort of like a little tin sort of engraving with like reficule and anita and kojak all on it and like there's just like a dagger that's like right in in the head of like reficule left in this room but it doesn't look like there's any active people now but it's it's a room that's been left untouched for some time until recently someone's come through here and kicked up a lot of the d- dusty footprints and stuff bedroom's clear and then go here kick this door lather yeah. rinse uh, make another perception check this one uh there are tech there are books and wiring and bits of mechanical parts and you know uh unfinished homework assignments and a lot of sort of things that remind you of anita and this looks like it was anita's bedroom relatively untouched unlike Refugule's room you don't there's no one actively here that you can see and it definitely looks like through the footprints you can see someone's come through this room and sort of pod through it but there's not that sort of destruction that was uh, happened like it happened in Refugule's room second bedroom clear and then kick i can't wait for one of those to have a trap on it and then <laughs> man i cannot yeah. roll well tonight yeah, you move down sort of into this. It's sort of like a little den slash entertaining room. But, uh, you know, things have been tossed. The cabinet's open. Everything's on the floor. There's no layer of dust here. This this room's been pretty lived in. Again, you don't see anybody hiding in the shadows or any other signs of demonic activity. Uh, just a, a last door at the end of the the room, which I assume sort of just kicks in like again. Yeah. And then there's a giant explosion. No, I'm just kidding. Blam! Ghost! <laughs> Ghost, uh, where are you? We need you, damn it. Sad orc noises. 
you find an office. Uh, there's a bunch of medical supplies in here. Yeah, so at a parent, like just looking at it with a 12, uh, you, you find medical supplies, you find a little bit of cash, you find a desk that's been tossed over. Looks like there's a small shelf of like different medical textbooks as well as like a doctor's tools and things like that. But um, most of this looks like it's kind of, it's been collecting. It doesn't look too used. Like it looks like almost like these tools have been put away and not used in some time. But you surmise this is probably Kojak's sort of office. And there's signs that the chair's tossed over and there's a little bit of blood on the floor. There's definitely signs of a struggle. So wherever Kojak, this is probably where Kojak was when he was sort of bound and beaten and gagged. Makes sense. So really quickly, because it wouldn't be going through someone's private property. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to just scoop up all the any medical anything that would be immediately useful, like jam it in a in a pouch running 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 intersecting a wall you can go ahead and add a, a healer's kit to your inventory if you so like oh look at that versace hovercraft gift gifting subs to our chat thank you Woo! molten hosting Woo! so awesome especially with that molten bullet he was moved by your speech earlier tommy good um as we all are so it just comes running through. The house is clear. It is obvious that someone has gone through your rooms. Refi, you should you should go take a look. Yeah, and need Mark, to go. can you help the old man up, please? Does. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Kojak. no problem. Kojak is able to get freed. You know, you just cut the bonds loose, get him up out of the bed. He's like, oh, my back. Uh, oh, no, we'll, uh, we'll deal with it when we get to. Oh, have you seen my, my, my cane? It's around here somewhere grab it and then i grab it real quick okay and uh there's still that like ticking right mm -hmm. so Ruffy, you had mentioned a plan which was basically do you want to find some a body to leave here <laughs> go, go find the neighbor and throw him in here or? Ruffy, no <laughs> tustin tustin not hear that plan <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm just gonna take a quick glance into my room before we leave okay you know, when you last left, you had taken, you don't keep a lot of valuables here, I don't imagine, but um, one of those sentimental things was that sort of tin etching that is sitting on your nightstand, you know, a nice a nice day with you and Kojak and Anita. You know, you didn't want that photo, like it was something that they kind of pressured you into, um, but it's sitting there just like sort of dagger smashed right into your forehead here in this room and the rest of your, the room has just been tossed over and smashed. I just take a quick glance and then close the door behind me. And then I look towards Annie. Do you want me to find any replacements then? No, the bomb's going to explode anytime soon. I don't think we have time for that. Just let it burn. Do I know of any neighbors that are orcs? You spent enough time. You've lived here for about a year. There are... There's a nice orcish family that lives around the corner, not too far from here. Are you sure, Annie? It's your last chance to get Kojak free and clear. By killing someone else. Oh, Ruffy. Just let it burn. All right. It's your call. Come on, Kojak. Well, speaking right. of Kojak, uh, I tried to move his token, but I can't move it. I wanted to, like, fire him and carry him out and then put him on Wybert and then just start scanning the street. For any signs of unfriendly types. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you kind of step out into this open courtyard and you start feeling, you know, because you were just up on a rooftop not that long ago, like shooting down. So you kind of feel maybe that like fear of like is someone watching. Right. So you look back and there's this huge wide open city and there's definitely to the north of you guys some commotion, uh, which sounds like potentially even like a uh, air marshal, a shield marshal skyship sort of coming this oh way. Oh, my gosh. But you feel a little small so as you stare back at this if you'd like you can give me a perception check again to see if maybe you notice anyone staring back at you all make it a secret perception check i'm gonna grab my bees yeah grab your bees that's right the bees gotta go back ah question marks who to question marks nice you stare back at the city uh there are you see people in windows like peering sort of at you there's at least a four or five different People who are like looking and trying to see what's going on. And as you kind of look in their direction, immediately like close the curtains and stuff. Everyone that you catch with your sort of scan of the area seems to be looky loose and people that are trying to figure out what's going on more so than any sinister people watching this. So either they're very well hidden or you're not seeing them. Let's go. I'm just not saying a lot jogging forward. So like as as you start running away from the the sort of shield marshals coming your way, like you you Kojak's bumping along on Wybert, and uh, he's like, "Oh Anita, how is school going, dear? Oh. Doing good. I know you're studying for them finals. I what? I am. I am. I could talk to you about it when we get to somewhere safe later. So nice to see you. There was some man here. Uh, he was." Asking about you, uh, oh, I, I, orcish fella, like metal teeth. I, I didn't catch his name, but he was covered in these tattoos. Tattoos. I looked to Ruffy. Did you know? I looked to Hal. I looked to Saruk. I know. Our concern right now is getting your, is getting you to safety, sir. The noise might draw more attention. Oh, you look kind of like him. I know. Are you Please. his brother? Please be quiet. Oh, Annie, hi. How are you doing? How's school been? As you're rushing off uh, back to... Oh, well, yeah, where are you going now? This might have... Are you taking him to the Wizard Works warehouse? Or? Oh, no. It's got to be the east of all, yeah? Oh, yeah, that's fairly safe right now. Or I forgot her name. It's been so long. <laughs> The Barrel and Bullet, the other saloon in the many saloons in this town. Do we want to bring him to Phoebe? Or do we want to hide him away on our own? Phoebe is the logical conclusion. I don't trust her as far as I could throw her, but I trust it's better there than somewhere where there aren't people. I also feel that he might try and escape the the brewery if he finds himself alone there, Ruffy. Fair enough. Hmm. The Barrel and Bullet. Yeah, the barrel and bullet. It's it's you know it's a few blocks away. It's 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 not. It, it takes you out of the way, right? Because you were going towards the Widget Works warehouse, and now you're detouring to the barrel and bullet saloon. But it's not too bad. You guys get out of there in a pretty fast time uh, before any of the shield marshals. And in the distance, you see sort of a single like airship with the like light sort of scanning the area, but they're not pointed in your direction. I hope they don't die over that bomb. <laughs> yeah, you're you're basically like about halfway back to the barrel and bullet saloon when suddenly you hear the sort of loud 
echo and you all look and there's like the flames kind of go up in the sky and there is a pretty loud explosion that happens um, off in the distance. Definitely drawing the attention of any shield marshals in there and away from you guys. And you make it back to the Barrel and Bullet Saloon safely without issue. No, no problem there. You, you kind of come in towards the front door and it's early enough here that it, everyone's really rambunctious. We got the uh, uh, loud music. People are dancing and singing and and drinking and uh, Urshnap is uh, happy to see you and then uh, greets you guys and lets you in, you know, into the bar. The vibe here at the bar is, is you know, one of jolly, joyous people just blowing off steam and hanging out. Urshnap, I need a room. Another one? You guys have... Like what? Two or three? Another room? You can take my bed for now, Annie, until we get it sorted out. I'll bring him to Ruffy's room. Just no thoughts, just protecting Kojak, keeping Kojak safe. Where are we? It's loud here! Turn it down! All right! Yelling at the people to turn down the music as you usher him through. Have you eaten yet? Have they been feeding you? Oh, I'm not that hungry. I mean, I had like a bag of Werther's earlier, I suppose. Kojak, you looked like you were just tortured earlier. What? I wasn't tortured. Why am I? I'm covered in blood. Kojak, I'm so happy you're alive. And I need you what? to settle a little, a little, a little bit. I need you to settle. All right, just breathe. Because You're I don't understand. I'm scared too. I'm scared too. I don't know. I don't know who. I think I know who these people are, but they're treating it like it's so damn fucking important. They tried to kill you, so just settle, so I could settle, so we could both settle and then have a proper conversation. Could you do that, please? You see, like you're staring back, and as you're like, kind of tearing up. Something in his sort of focus in his brain sort of reclicks, and you just see almost like a slight personality change. And he's like, Anita! And he like reaches out and gives you like a, a big hug. Yes. I need you to settle, please. I need my dad <laughs> right now. Yeah? I'm sorry. It's been, it's been so tough with you guys gone. How long is it? I thought you were, they said you killed someone broke out what's what's going on annie i want you fed first and let's get you cleaned up and then i'll tell you all the answers to it i'll get you something to eat old man and give you a bit a moment alone and i step out of the room and head down you're looking well someone someone tried to set me up at bliffer i'm not a bliffer anymore I knew you wouldn't have done the things they said you did. I told them that. I did end up killing someone because... Because it's either them or us. So, yeah. Anita, I've taught you. We don't take lives, we save lives. And that's what I've been trying to do. But sometimes, Kojak, sometimes it's really hard to help their lives if they're actively trying to kill us. So I don't really know what to say to you. I don't think we really need to say anything right now. Just let me hug you a little longer. And he like reaches out and pulls you in a little more. And then Anita cries. 
people moving around and drinking and fights breaking out and the camera slowly sort of pushes through that that tavern scene um out the side door where we see the gun works beyond uh there's a goblin inside tinkering and toiling away at some invention um but we just hear the sort of like echoing of like bullet fire um and the camera sort of pushes back to the back section of this courtyard and we see a, a makeshift little shooting range that's set up and you just see like Saruk in silence just like reloading firing glass bottle explodes reloading next glass bottle explodes so what what is Saruk sort of doing in this moment right this is like there's a, obviously you're seeing hints of who did this and some of your past maybe coming back uh, but yeah we're, we come back to Saruk so what is you know, you, you can go ahead and give us a little bit of what Saruk's up to. Everything is very just inhale, exhale, squeeze the trigger, bottle explodes, breathe, reload. Very slow, very mechanical. If any, like, flies on the wall, word of witnesses that written on his face is someone who has like 30,000 complex emotions simultaneously all at once fighting for the big chair and to tamp them down. It's inhale, exhale, fire, reload again. Last breaks. When they inevitably run out, then it's go fish out from wherever, uh, the empties are line them up go again it saruk would be out here for a while probably until the team is ready to go on again probably didn't say anything when we got back to the saloon just like excuse himself to outside i think you probably see this like camera shot of like saruk doing this over and over and then the camera sort of shifts over a little bit and it looks like there is possibly somebody here kind of watching this unload and if i read the body language correctly it looks like rough kill so before that last you get to that last bottle on the line before you get a chance to squeeze that trigger you hear a blast behind you and the glass the bottle shatters thank you ruffy my pleasure tusks and i tore my pistol and sheath it so, getting some target practice in, are you? I clearly need it. Nice. I've shot at Dretches before. I haven't Dretches. missed. Dretches? Yeah, it's... Do you want the long version or the short version? What do you think? Lesser demons. Demons? Yeah. They were summoned. Presumably. By the reason I'm here. Right. That reason you're here. What is Gimthrak to you? I don't know, a loose end, a regret, a disappointment, a reminder of my own values, and a lot more. The, the past few months have been, it's given me a lot of time to think about it. So you're here to what? Bring him back? To kill him? Make up? In a perfect world, I would bring him back to Matakali, and... He would go to prison for a very long time. I am hoping between here and there, the people who I have met along the way and the people they love are now put in the crossfire about it. 
I think it's a little bit late for that, but uh, I think we would have been in those crosshairs whether you were here or not. That's what I keep telling myself. There is a part of me that wants to go up and apologize to Anita and you, I suppose, for what happened to Kojak, but it's not my fault. And it would have happened whether or not I was here. I just... I want to be more ready next time. I know how... Go ahead. You're not at fault here, Saruk. Correct. Perhaps my aim is slightly, and that is something I can work on. That is the thing I can practice between here and the next time, because there will be a next time. You know, when Kojak was on that bed all rigged up to blow, I thought for a second that we were all going to go with him, that I'd fumbled, that I'd triggered the device. But I took a breath and took a look around. You want to know why it was so easy for me to disable that device? Hmm. I recognized the handiwork. They clearly recognized you, if your room was any indication. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to pry, but... No, I needed to make sure the house was clear. Yeah, let's just say you're not the only one, and I take off my coat. Lay it on a box. That might have connections to Gimthrak. What do you mean? And I turn away. Don't just say that and walk off. What do you no, mean? No, I turn away <laughs> towards the boxes that I'm putting stuff on. Never mind, I... I won't yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very familiar with Gimthrak's handiwork. He's even taught me a few things. And you see the eye patch. Wait, 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 wait. wait Come I'm... off. And you... this is all from the back. And you see me place the eye patch. Head tilts down and I take off the hat. He told me there's no, he taught me one thing and that there's no such thing as a fair fight. And I, you could see his handiwork for yourself. And I turn around and you see Reficule, hair cut about to his shoulders, some kind of wavy parted over his, his left eye. And for the first time, Saruk sees two small white horns growing out from the top of his head, in the, in the forehead, kind of up more, that are usually covered by his hat, and his left eye that is usually covered with an eye patch is bright red. And you see a scar that goes across it from top to bottom. The timeline makes no sense. How could he have, when I, I have entirely too many questions, <sighs> Tell me everything. I... Well, do you want the long story or the short story? The whole thing. All right. Well, where do I start? I never knew who my mother and father were. Ravicule. You said you wanted the whole story. I did. I did. Oh, you mean about Gimthrak, right? Yes, smartass. Well, I was under the employ... You could say even maybe raised by one Ambrose Muglin. Since I was probably no taller than your uh, your ankles. <laughs> hmm. But uh, Muglin raised and trained me to do one thing. 
and one thing very well to kill the people that he needed killing to be his duelist now Gimthrak would come by every once in a while it wasn't until recently that he'd been staying for too long but uh he'd come by did whatever business that he Mr. Muglin had him do and occasionally you know see to some parts of my training he's even the one who's named me Uldrak I see so that day a few months ago that was a very thinly veiled threat pointed at you I'll take it I... not a very sharp and deep sense of humor that Gimthrak demon I speak abyssal I say in abyssal <laughs> I I am surprised that it's apparently gone on for this long as, as far as I'd known everything you'd done was in the past year but I think it's been a bit longer than that apparently well but if he went after Kojak it was at the behest of Mugland. Right. Yeah, yeah. Find one, find the other, kill two rocks with one stone, and then I can put this all behind me. Next time I'll be a better shot. Don't you kill demons or something? This doesn't bother you. What? What happened? Of course it bothers me. There are innocent lives at stake. Uh, I was. Uh, you see, Reffy pointing to the t to the horns. Oh no, my! There are a lot of tieflings where I come from. No, it doesn't bother me. It's just part of who you are. You also drink coffee when it's very, very late, and drink first thing in the morning. It's just a piece in a very large puzzle that makes you you. Sometimes I'm not sure who I am. I think that, that answer is sense. for you to. No, I understand completely. Well. I shouldn't say that. I presume, based on the circumstances of your life, it would be very hard to find what means you and what means what they made you to be. Right. But no, I don't judge you for any fiendish influence. I, my sister is a tiefling. I, my, the amount of abyssal radiation that will seep through warriors from where I live, the I don't know the exact percentage of tiefling birth rates, but it is considerably high compared to anywhere else. And so that means some people want their steaks a little more raw. I think it is clear and it is obvious and it is evidenced by much more evidence than I thought there was that the circumstances of one's birth, plainer or otherwise, do not show the measure of one's character. <sighs> Thank you. I... I needed to wax poetic for a minute. Let's go find the son of a bitch, shall we? Let's do that. Saruk so starts the, gathering his gear. Saruk. Not working. Oh, there it goes. You're good, you're good. Alright, yeah, so... Ruffy pauses for a moment. And... Saruk. Mm. Gimthrax, not your fault. I know. <sighs> Thank you. I know. Now let's go kill the son of a bitch. Cirque doesn't say anything, turns and walks off. Yeah, there's like a, a cut back towards the, like the camera goes back into the bar and we see like on the second story window, there's just 
a sort of uh you can see like anita sort of having a conversation with kojak and maybe even like he's he's a little exhausted so maybe even like tucking him in for the night but uh, i'm curious as to what halbrunt's doing during all of this so <clears throat> i think he's sitting on the front porch with sale and teaching sale how to sniff out gunpowder based on what had just gone on he was emotionally taken aback by anita's reaction to kojak and wanting to run in there and knowing the danger that the whole party was in is Reficule meticulously used his thieves' tools. So he's slowly teaching this dog how to sniff out gunpowder, black powder, in hopes that he'd never have to send her in to sniff out a place, but quietly out front waiting for the group to gather in the common room so we can go find out what we need to find out. So I think uh, there's sort of a recongregation of the crew on the porch of the barrel and bullet with the party going on inside and you guys standing outside that are sort of like sheet metal sign. There's just a barrel with a little gun hanging, actual bullet hole right through the barrel. Uh, it's the only signifier of this this saloon. Quiet night. Uh, there's like a, a, a little bit of like rain has sort of started falling across the streets and puddling and some of the cobblestone streets and the wood is sort of swelling with the the rain uh just a little nice light rain but um we're reconvened back on the porch oh yeah and uh just to add something in that rain we pan back to the alley that me and saruk were just in Hmm. and you see for a moment that refi's taking back his coat and his hat but you see being soaked in the rain the eye patch is still there Leaving the eye patch. All right, Anita. Why are you keeping it on? I mm. mean, why'd you take it off? I mean, the whole. Well, they went after Kojak, Annie. Mm-hmm. I just figured, uh, time to stop hiding. If they want a war, I'll bring them a war, and they'll know who it is they're dealing with. I owe you everything, by the way. You did. You owe me nothing. I do. I wouldn't I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for you and the old man. Sure, I guess. But I don't even know what to say, Ruffy. Perhaps saying nothing is the best way to oh. go about it. How Brent said it best, we point each other at our where our skill sets are helpful and we do what we do best. I might be the key, but that one is the bomb disabler. Alright. He's stuck in. He's sleeping. So he should be good to go. So we, uh, head on then. Indeed. Yes, I just oiled up why, but I'm ready to get rid of all this whatever it is that's going inside my head, in my heart, my chest, everything. And you could do me a favor. Yeah. I thought I was a bit too, too proud to say anything, but uh, I can see him bleeding over there. Oh, yes, sure. Excuse me. And then I just begin doing uh, treat wounds on how. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, with assurance. With assurance, so you take... Uh, assurance gives you a 10 on the roll, and so that's an automatic success, right? Yes, so it's a 2d8. 
Yeah, you can give it 2D. Friend, uh, 10 points. All right. We ready to get moving? Or we need to wait a minute for some root? I see. I just heard him. I'm just going to sit here and think and hold my snake bites, I mean tusks, and process in this exact pose for about an hour. It seems like we are sort of setting out into this rainstorm towards the Widget Works warehouse, which is a lead I believe he picked up at the Longhorn Lounge, correct? I clicked the wrong thing. Yes, yeah. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> so you heard the word as like this like goblin person was escorted out of the uh, Longhorn Lounge. She said that we should have met at the Widget Works is what you heard from the uh, bouncer as you um, were being dragged away. And then you guys remembered where the widget works was. So you're heading to check out the widget works warehouse. Somebody had given, so you guys already did recall knowledge checks on the warehouse, but it was two weeks ago. So I don't remember who actually did it. Does anyone remember? I think it was, I think it was me. I, I'm making a broad strokes assumption based on my class abilities, but I think it was me. True. I vaguely yeah. remember. Uh, something about how the powder keg punks use it as a like backup hangout spot. Other yeah, than like, that, I don't remember anything else. Yeah, historically it was an old gnomish warehouse for like almost like a firework factory or something, and then it uh, transitioned over time to sort of being uh, like a rotating warehouse for a rotating headquarters for all of these uh, gangs that would use it. And uh, word on the street, no one knows who's using it now, but what you've heard so far kind of leads you to believe it's possibly currently used by the uh, powder kick punks as possibly a location they know of. Because otherwise it's an abandoned warehouse that just has like underworld connections, right? Um, not entirely sure what you guys are going to find there, but you know it's a lead that you guys are following up. Anita. Yeah, Annie. yes. Mind if I call you Annie? Yeah. We've almost okay. died so many times. Okay. I'll be all right. I mean, I'm happy. I'm relieved. I also, I'm glad that I was alone earlier because if not, I just, there was a part of me that just wanted to blame people for putting Kojak in that position because he's never really done anything to be in that position. Know what I mean? So... But it doesn't... It's useless to to be angry and, and find blame. Because what good would that do me? What good would that do him? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Refugule, what you said about muggling is... I mean, we're just gonna go deeper and deeper into this. So, I'm hoping your pops is going to be all right with Phoebe or at Phoebe's place. Um, but it's going to get more dangerous. Yeah, I need to figure that out too. It's becoming a little bit more real, actually. Refi's warned me about this. You've warned me about this, Refi. It's, it is not fun in games anymore. People are getting hurt. 
It didn't feel as serious when it was just us that was getting hurt, but now that people outside of us is... I don't know if I feel angry or scared. It doesn't end until we finish it, right? Yeah, how do you... How, how could we even get close to Mugland? I mean, how do you reach the top of a tower? Just one step at a time. We take Sometimes these steps. it's not reaching the top that you have to worry about. It's the fall going down. Muggle will have to worry about that. This Gimthrak fellow, though, I do want to figure out who he is. He was also the reason I was even ambushed at the uh, at the college in the uh, during that night. Yeah, y'all seem to have more. I don't know anything about the person or where to even start looking, but that'll be up for our friend Saruk. Or I mean, you said you know him, Refugule. I. I know him, and Refi turns towards you. He gave me this. And you see his red eye now, and the scar over it. Can you see out of that eye? Since the day I was born, and I wink. And for the first time, I wink with my left eye. And you realize that anytime Refi's like scrunched his face up, he's been winking with his left eye. <laughs> he's just been under the eye patch. Do you have family here, Halbert, that they could touch hurt? No, I'm I'm from from a long way off. Long way off. How about that roommate of yours or that workmate they used to talk about? Or you mentioned you never talked about him. Uh no, he was uh he was he was killed in the line of duty by a man with the eye patch. I stand in between Halbert and Ravi. He didn't wear an eye patch anymore, so. How long ago was this? About a year ago, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less. I'm sorry to hear that, Albert. Yeah, but how exactly? Do you know where? Don't know where. Just secondhand information. Is there a weird like standoff between Reficule and Halbrand right now? Hal is uh. Not taking that approach whatsoever. Ruffy might look a bit uh, pensive, a bit confused, but definitely not aggressive. I mean, understanding where he was a friend of the law of this city, and that's how he became a friend, which through his, what has happened with Angelique, and, you know, he, he's got a different opinion than he did. Because that's all he really knew when he came into the city. So, a little bit different circumstances now. At least, I mean, at least that's how I feel. I mean, hell, they locked us up. We didn't do anything. They set us up. So, Aaron was a good guy, but <clears throat> he looks like any other shield marshal. About, well, taller than you, but shorter than Saruk. Dark hair. Worse hat back. A little bit like this. You know. DM, do I recognize that description? I don't believe so. As far as I know, there isn't any connection between who he's talking about. But maybe you lost me in the nuance and I'm not picking up what is being put down. But I don't think so. Liren. His, his name was Liren, right? 
Lyrian. 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 I don't remember. Are you? There's a lot of backstory, and I haven't refreshed in a while. Maybe there is a connection there. Then. All right, I'm gonna message you. <laughs> what is that one? Okay. As I say, water under the bridge. Uh, Strati under the bridge. I don't know why I got the gender mixed up on that one. So yes, in that case, there is a quick sort of um, as like you blink and there's almost like a black and white flashback scene with like a uh, rushing like waterfall in the background and like just the sound of like gunshot and that close up face of that person with the hat back. Just uh, just you and facing down and then there's like a banging noise and then you blink and you're back in the present moment. So, yeah, I would say you'd recognize that. Would you say that he was friends with Loveless as well? Yeah, he introduced me to Loveless. Actually got me a job with Loveless, so. Was he... There's no easy way to, to ask this, but uh, was he part of Loveless's inner circle, you think? I mean, we lived in a pretty crappy place, so. If he was taking any money under the table to do any nefarious works... Didn't share that information with me because, I mean, we lived in basically a one bedroom and he slept at, slept at night and, uh, while I was out about. And I slept during the day while he was out running around, so. Remember, God, was that tonight when we went to the rodeo? Uh, yes, it was tonight. Just it was this ago. morning. Oh, yeah, no, tonight, yeah. Yeah, it was like yeah. early evening. Sun- it was last bell before sundown. Uh-huh. You remember when we were looking over at Grayson's Towers earlier. Now, when we were scouting out the Longhorn Oh, Lounge, yeah. He asked me what I was Grayson's, looking at. Yeah. Grayson's fingers. The night that I fell from Grace, it was quite literal fall. I fell right from the top of one of those towers. Mugland had sent me to duel a man there. A man that had challenged him and his business. Or that's what he told me said that this would be business as usual. Just another duel. Another piece of jewelry for me to adorn myself with. So I went to one of the fingers, found a man there that matched Mugloon's description. He matched yours as well. He seemed a bit off, though. A bit sluggish, like he wasn't all there, but really wasn't any my concern. If he was a bit drunk or not, I'm not sure. But we dueled. And well, I'm still standing here. Mugman trained me pretty well. But just as that shot went off, I was blinded. And I heard a voice ring out that the shield marshals were there. That I would be under arrest for the murder of a shield marshal in cold blood. And to put my hands up immediately. And before I could get a chance to think, pulls down his shirt. Unbuns his shirt a little bit, and you see scars of bullet holes. Like the Ruffy undressing episode. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was shot, and I fell. Not quite sure how I survived, really. But, uh, that's when Kojak found me in a refuse pile, being brought to the scrapyard from the Sky District, Skyside. Do you know whose voice it was that I heard? calling out for me to put my hands up right before they shot me. It was only the best voice in all this game. Angelique Loveless. I'm sorry, Hal, but I think I might have killed your friend. 
Didn't know it at the time. They called me Uldrock, the demon. And the demon always got his mark. If you want to take your revenge, if you want to duel it out, we can do it right now. What proposition even is that, Rafi? Hal, are you alright? I think for the first time you see Hal's figure change from a regular Kyal fetchling man as his beastkin ancestry kind of takes over and you see his snout elongate and his canines uh, bare a little bit. The talons on his hands extend momentarily and then Every he'll retract everything. We'll figure it out. Just thought you should know. We'll Maybe you could punch him a little bit. Just one. Alternatively, you could go punch Loveless. Go punch Muglin. Go punch the web extends so far from you, Reficule, I, but it wasn't you. I plan on doing a lot more than punching. Okay, we're going to the warehouse. Yeah, speaking of, you you stop and look up, and the rain's coming down a lot heavier now, and you're outside of an old, decrepit warehouse building uh, that is known as the Widget Works Warehouse. Um, it, it's kind of like the corner building here. Um, there is sort of a single door that leads in that's completely like it's a like a super heavy metal reinforced door with like almost like a sliding plate to like look out of and then you can see that there's like a like basically like a loading dock door not dissimilar to the yeast of all brewery which is in the same neighborhood and has similar architectural design but very very much like the entire thing is just completely boarded up nailed shut not like the other one it's it's you can tell that this place is fortified and just looking at it, there it appears to be like a single entry point from ground level, at least. Just a single entry point? Is it quiet? Yeah. From out here with the rain kind of falling off of the uh, the rooftops and splattering and the click clack of the gears shifting in the city around you and that like smell of like the fresh grease just kind of hitting your nose, uh, it, it's... It's there's no sounds coming from within that are apparent, but you can make me a perception check and see what you notice. Oh, I will, or rather, who notices us? Hey, I rolled above a fucking tent. Wow, my perception. Uh, secret or you can make it public, that's fine. I didn't see your roll come through, Tommy, so I don't know. Is it on my end? Oh, natural 20. Nice, I'm out of sync. I didn't see teen. Wow, I didn't see either roll come through, so I'm gonna refresh again. Uh, yeah. Let's go. There doesn't appear to be uh, any sort of buddy on watch. And uh, the, you, you do hear the f- kind of like Ray's cackling, laughing voices that is very faint, but it's coming almost through the um, it almost looks like it's echoing from the top of the building out, Anita. And you like listen up and like sort of a laughing goblin voice carrying like on the wind and a couple of other voices kind of laughing in in unison with the voice uh, that you you hear maybe a handful of uh, goblin voice. Like uh, they're speaking common, but it's in a goblin sort of like uh, accent. Oh, not dissimilar from the, the scrap, uh, the nail gobblers. However, a little, a little deeper. 
Oh, nail gallers are here. Well, if it's a goblin that we're trying to look for, I hear a couple of them up there. Well, yeah, there, there appears to be oddly uh, the voice. You know, it's coming from the rooftop. Maybe then there's, there's only one entrance. Back. Fire escape. Yeah, the only the only real main entrance is this kind of heavy fortified metal door that kind of serves as the front door. And then there is a loading dock. It's just completely barricaded. So you could theoretically take the barricades out, but that would be a it'd be pretty loud. Like they would definitely hear you coming if you were doing that. Uh, you look around. Uh, there is definitely sort of uh, not necessarily fire escapes, but there's sort of drain pipes and, and like the side of the roof. It's not too big of a building. It's, it's maybe like a two story tall building and you'd be able to to probably shuffle up the side with not too big of a concern if you wanted to get on the roof. I'd like to do that. Uh, do you have a climb speed? I don't believe I got a climb speed as Howl. Uh, it, it, you know, it's raining, it's slippery, but you got like a foothold and you can kind of climb up the side and get up here. Uh, give me an athletics check. I think technically you can move up to half your movement speed per success or something. I don't want to micromanage this too much. It's not like we're in combat and climbing is super important. 15, I mean, your dice roll is a four, but 15, that's not bad. So it, it takes Hal a little longer than um, than he maybe usually does this, but within like maybe like two minutes time, you're able to scale up the 40, 50 feet to the, it, it's like, it's about 30 feet up. So we'll say it takes you about two minutes to go up with the slip. You slip and lose your grip at one point, but you dig in, plant the feet and keep going. Uh, is it just Hal going up? I'd uh, I I'd lower a rope and connect it to something with a grappling hook, kind of swing it around, something up there. But I'd first look for, <clears throat> yeah, I'd first look for some kind of skylight or any view from the second story to see if there's any anything like that. For sure. So as you get up on the top of the roof, uh, you can kind of hear the voices a little clearer, the ones that Anita heard. And basically you realize is like up here on the roof, there are a couple of skylights that look down into the warehouse. And one of the skylights is kind of broken and you just see water sort of like the rain is kind of spilling in and looking down. But that's what's allowing their voices to kind of carry up into the sky. And uh, you like kind of take a peek and look in uh, or do you want to, let me just ask, do you want to take a peek and look in? I think he would slink forward and uh -huh. try to blend in with the shadows and then peek over and take a look. Perfect. Give me a stealth check. I will give you a, oh, you, oh <laughs> my God. I was going to say, I was going to give you a circumstance bonus. So this is what happens. You shuffle forward like stealthily, right? You peek over. And as you look down, you can see a warehouse. There's all kinds of like crates and barrels around the outside. Most of them open content spilled out. There is a catwalk that's here in the middle of the warehouse, kind of two ladders that go up and raised about 20 feet. And there's four like people dressed very similar to the powder kick punks that you saw earlier, but all four are goblins and they're kind of sitting on this uh, raised platform uh, laughing, everyone's having a good time. Looks like uh, they're kind of fiddling with, with alchemist fire and like gunpowder. Some of them are snorting the gunpowder, but there's a makeshift throne here in the back of the room. It's crates, uh, debris, clockwork gear, just kind of 
built haphazardly into this throne that also raises even higher than the 20-foot catwalk. And you see right there on the... Uh, you see a, a person... I'll just share this artwork. This isn't the one I was going to share, but this is fine. You see this dude mounted... Like, mounted, like mounted on top of this makeshift throne. He's, he's, very, he's like a goblin, but like this monkey goblin type creature. Colorful hair, but... In his like, he almost has like the suit of armor it's integrated into his body, and there's a giant gun just mounted on his shoulder, and he's sitting on the throne, and he's like, he's like basically just telling like a really dirty joke, and all the other goblins are laughing at it, and uh, you peek over, and you're being very like sneaky about this uh, looking, and then I think what happens is your weight kind of shifts on some of the broken glass, and a piece of glass sort of falls off the skylight and falls down into the middle of the warehouse and shatters and like very slowly like all these like things look right up and you're just peering down at the goblins and immediately you watch as they uh are starting to go for their like weapons and stuff uh what would you like to do how i think how would move back and he'd be uh he'd run back to the edge and holler out get ready so Saruko would draw the bees and with the door opens I would like to huck the barrel of bees into that barrel of fun. Oh, okay. The barrel of bees. Nice. Yeah. So you're on the roof, right? Right. Everyone else is down below. You can hear them barking orders, Hal, and then they basically like, ah, we're under attack. Defensive positions and like barking orders. And then you just hear like, like basically like get the, get the bombs. Like everyone's loading up with all their gear. Uh, they're on high alert right now, but it sounds almost like maybe in a defensive way. So Saruk's out front, like, you know, I don't even think, honestly, out front, I don't know how much you guys would hear. Maybe a little bit barking on the wind, uh, but how can look over and just tell you guys, you know, what's going on. Uh, you get the wasp ready, your brace, but like, you know, 30 seconds passes and the door doesn't open and it doesn't seem like they're coming out. So then I think what I'll do when I realize that and with context, get the rest of the information, I'm going to go to where that rope is and I'm going to tie the barrel like up with the rope so it can be pulled up (laughs) by a particularly Uh strong gentleman on the roof. Okay. This should flush them out. Let's go. All right. How will pull that up? And since they've already seen him, he's just going to throw up, throw it up over shoulder and he's going to walk over to this area without like putting his head and getting it shot off. Yep. Um, yep. I think he's probably going to just throw it into the broken window. Just before that happens really, really quickly. What way does the front door open? Does it open in or open out? Uh, it opens the sliding door. Oh God. Oh, God. This is the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> We're throwing bleeds in the Walmart. It, and I think it opens out. Nice. Okay, so that, that was what I was hoping for. Sarug is going to go to the door, raise his shield, and brace on the door so that when people try to open it... I think Got there it. was something about a fire in a warehouse that made a bunch of regulations happen, and, and we're doing that. But it's okay! So we're unleashing a swarm of wasps into the middle of this base. It sounds like I need to basically run an all-NPC combat... While you guys just sit around and twiddle your thumbs. I mean, we haven't. Hello, bees. <laughs> Hooray, bees. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm okay. very here for like transition us to that map and then give us sight lines on the bees and just watch the Hello, ship bees. Right, right. I, I will activate it because I definitely. <laughs> so this is what we're gonna oh, do. There's so many of them. Amazing. It's a bad time to roll for initiative. Let people like have several rounds out of character to like set up, and then let the the bees do a bunch of things. Oh, wait, while Refi starts it? sniping. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. If you guys want to uh, want to uh, add yourself to initiative, feel free. You would get the plus two bonus from plus house two. scouting. Mm, right. So if if we have ties, we can break the ties. But I do love the image of the wasp thing flies in the window, smashes on the ground, and starts like buzzing around and creates this like massive angry wasp swarm in the middle of their warehouse. That is, this should be fast. So the wasps burst in, they all freak out. <laughs> uh, it gets to, it has three actions. It uses this action to fly, it has a, fl a movement speed of. 40 feet, so it flies up to the catwalk where two of these guys are, immediately like surrounds like the two guys and just starts sting sting swarming all of them. Uh, so each one of these needs to make a uh, reflex saving throw. Let's just, I'll put it in chat so I can see what it bees, is. Bees, uh, bees, bees, bees. The DC 21 basic reflex save. That's so high. Right. Okay, so let's bees, make that. Bees, 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 bees boo. Uh, the first one gets a success. The second one gets a gets failure. Shit. Gets a critical failure. Piercing damage. Uh, that is a critical failure. So this one takes double damage. This one takes half damage. And... Oh, God, it's almost dead. Uh, and then they got to make saves <laughs> against the wasp's venom. Right, and that's a DC 21 save for Those these things. Numbers are so high. We were supposed to fight that a level ago. Right? Oh no. Critical <laughs> failure. So that one gets 2d6 poison damage and clumsy too. Nice. And then this other one has to make. If this one fails, if this one isn't critically or doesn't succeed, it's probably going to die to the poison. It doesn't. So we, this one dies immediately to the poison, and one of the kata kick punters, they go down to this sort of thing as the the bees, the wasps continue to swarm on them. All right, up next are the powder keg punk. So the one that's in, the one that's in the swarm, this one steps back out of the out of the out of the swarm. Draws draws the alchemist fire it has. And chucks the alchemist fire at at the swarm. Don't you hurt me. Come on. Actually, it doesn't have... I'll just roll this dice. It doesn't have alchemist fire. If they didn't have any weapons, does, they were too busy sorting their weapons. It doesn't have the... Uh, so, 12 is a miss. Uh, so, But it does, does do the splash damage. Which is one fire, but this thing is weakness five, so this thing takes six damage from the fire. All right, that's one powder keg punk gunner. Uh, the other ones do the same thing. So they theoretically 
are first one is oh it's almost another one 25 which will be a hit so that's 1d8 fire damage so that's one fire damage with the five please, please, please. and the splash so that's seven damage of fire and it takes uh one persistent fire damage from the alchemist fire burning them up i wish these were pcs because then they would just have the alchemist fire like on their sheet but no but no there we go one persistent fire damage on the swarm perfect uh and then the other one gets one more uh more attack that's a a 20 is a hit that's another six seven twelve and they can't take double persistent fire damage okay so those the wasp swarms getting beat up the alchemist fires going into the swarm they're getting burned away i guess that brings us to saruk's turn out front yeah so as that's happening i just like holding the door with my shield, glancing back. Refi, get on the roof. See if what you can shoot down. How, uh, do what you do best. You know better than me. Anita, move Wyvern forward. Where? Points to, like, the other side of me. Okay. And I think the key... You're trying to hold them into the door, right? So they can't come out. Yeah, just, I have my... I am... Shoving the door, I guess. I don't know what that looks like mechanically, but I'm just bracing over there. Right. And I, then I think, like, yeah. I might, I might, uh, if I can both have my weight against the door to block it and then ready a shot for when the door opens. Okay. I'll allow that. And I'm gonna just do this because I can't block with my shield if it ain't raised. And that is That's my true. turn. Alright, Hal, I think technically you're still on the roof, right? Just not in yeah, a... Yeah, I'm still on the roof. You're on seeing, the roof, just... Yeah. You Seeing how it's going, I'm gonna go back and throw the rope over and uh, say it's gonna be over pretty quick. The wasps are going down, so let's go. And I'm gonna brace the rope and help. Uh, if so, anybody's gonna come up, I'm gonna pull on it. Help them climb up. Yep, so you got the rope lowered, you're helping people up. No problem. Brings us to Glass's turn. So I think on Glass's turn, all you hear is a sort of like super huge laughter and a giant, super loud explosion as he fires what is on his character sheet referred to as the really big gun. Well, good. Yes. Now we can. Think- I, I think not. I might have gotten skipped. You skipped reference. Oh, because you were, you were at the very top? Right. Got it. So that's why you got skipped. Yeah. So what would you want to have done in the meantime? I'll have delayed my turn until Hal went. Sure. And then I'll climb up. I'll t- I'll uh, climb, my, climb the rope. Perfect. Give me an athletics check. The DC with the rope and this. Uh, the rope's going to help a little bit. I'm going to say the DC is 12 with the rope instead of 15 without it. So that's a, that's a failure. So you start climbing and using one action, you make no progress. You don't even get off the ground. Uh, Toss, I think I'm going to go with you. Yeah, <laughs> right. drop, the <laughs> draw, drop the rope. 
draw my pistol and get ready to go in after Tusk. I guess That's technically how could have aided that, but I don't think it would have made a difference there. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah, it wasn't enough. Okay. Tie it around your waist. I'll pull you up. Glass is inside shooting. There's a loud explosion, but he completely misses his shot. Um, and that's his whole uh, his whole turn. Um, Anita. All right. So I'm going to give one action to Wybert so he'll get two. His first action is to get to where the rope is. I use my action to wrap it around Wybert's waist. Halbert, could you pull him up? <laughs> Can we get down from the roof on the other side? Is that like what is he, what is he gonna do up there? I think oh, gravity. I don't know where the entrance is. Honestly, guys, I'm so lost right now. <laughs> so just to recap, you guys are standing outside, right where Saruk is, is a, a heavily fortified door All that right. is like access, but like Saruk's holding it shut so they can't get out. How's on the roof throwing? wasp swarm into the warehouse and so Refi tried to climb up the rope to get but with the rain and, the, and the, his lack of strength he was not able to make much ah, with his for climbing. my third action can I take out one of the bottles of uh, of cheap alcohol that's pretty much a pint of oil right yeah. and tie it to the rope so that Hal can get it but then sure. how will we tie it to Wybert to have Hal use a feat of strength to pull this motherfucker up <laughs> right. and drop him right. through the skylight to smash with gravity? <laughs> Wybert, gravity, so smash. Do you just have it have you in a... Just does... falls and dies. <laughs> does he have... Where'd you get does... that luchador mask? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that sounded so dumb on my end. That's that's not. You're me. fine. You are totally fine. Okay. Um. Does Albert just have... spend the rest of the session just how trying to pull up wire? <laughs> <laughs> Lift with your legs, buddy. <laughs> so yeah, Wybert is not attached to the end of the rope. What is attached to the end of the rope is pretty much a pint of oil for you to add to your inventory. Hell, maybe I can give it to you. All right. All right, so I will ready for when we get in. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're just holding tight. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, that brings us around to to the second round of combat. So these... Uh, all right, the swarm moves over here and does its swarm thing. I'll make a reflex save for these dudes to not get stung. DC 21 reflex save. I don't have a lot of faith that he'll make this. That's a natural <laughs> one. Make it. Uh, those powder keg punk get completely destroyed. And then with his third action, it like flies back over here towards these other people throwing uh, fire at it. Um, and at the end of its turn, it does burn. Makes a recovery check, fails. It takes six points of damage from the persistent flash fire. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then uh, it brings us back to Saruk. Okay, so since it sounds like they're not gonna last very long, it seems like they're not gonna be running out the front door. So rather, I'm gonna for one action interact to kick open this door. Okay. That's gotta be an action, right? A force open using your body, a lever, or some other tree, you attempt to break in the window. Yeah, so this is uh, 
Oh, so I was mechanically interacting to open. If I could, I don't know yeah, if it's okay. locked or... Yeah, you just reach out to, to try it. Yeah, this security door is definitely locked. Okay, so we're gonna... We're gonna fucking smash it down. Okay. Saruk smash. Saruk smash. Saruk smash. Yep, take that force. So this is a force open, which is uh, an athletics check. I could have had athletic stratagem, and I'm so sad, but it's okay. Interesting. I can at least get a damn door. Let's see. I think with the 22, you give it like a really solid kick or, sh or shield, whatever it is you're doing. This security door holds tight on a 22. It doesn't even bust open. Doesn't look like I gave it any give at all. Yeah. It looks like it, it like gave a little bit. Like you could feel the way on the other side, there's like a huge heavy like deadbolt sort of thing. It just takes a little more. It's a higher DC than that to get in this security door. Okay, fair. Shit. Uh, are there any windows? Uh, let's see. There are a couple of windows. They're definitely boarded up. There's some just to the left of you here. And there's also some windows like down here on the, uh, the south end. It's definitely a kind of thing where you have to like tear off the board, but then it's a lot easier to get in there than through the security door for sure. Fair. Well, I think I will probably just, I have a lot of feelings I need to work out and I'm going to work them out on this door. Yep. Does this have the, the attack trait? This is, uh, it does have an attack trait. Yeah. So it is a map on the uh, force open. Boo. Okay, fine. And we're gonna try it. We're gonna get this. This is gonna hit that natural 20. Or die trying. I'm gonna die to a door. Okay. All right. Doesn't quite budge. And then I'm just gonna. Because I just slam, slam. One million. Well, I can't get it open. I'm just gonna step back. Okay. Uh, Hal. Hal, uh,. Pulled up the oil that Reficule sent up. Is that correct? Last turn. Action to pull up the rope. That would have happened last turn, right? Because I was waiting I mean, to pull them up was my action. Then did you, yeah, did you spend two actions to hold that action? I didn't do anything. That's true. Move, drop the rope. Yeah, I'll let you start the turn with getting the oil. That's fine. Okay. I think he'll pull the oil up. If you need me to spend an action to untie it and tear apart of his... I'll wrap that into into last turn's action. He'll uh, take a piece of his poncho and dip it into uh -huh. oil to make a Molotov. And then as he walks over okay. to the opening, he will take out his lighter or even his cigarette that he's puffing on right now. And he'll light this this Molotov okay. cocktail and get ready to throw it in if he has uh, another action or next turn. I'll let you uh, move over and throw it. As your yeah, all you let you do is your last action this turn or you can wait until next turn. The only downside of doing it this turn is you will have moved to the edge and throw it, but then you'll still be there, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yep, he'll light it and get ready as he's walking up to the open window, getting ready to throw it in. And that's my turn. Okay. Sounds good. Ruffy. Are, are we holding them in or getting out? I don't, I, I'm holding them in or going in? What are we doing? Go in. Go in. Can you open the door? There, do I look? Do I see any lock picks? Any locks on the door? Uh, there does not appear to even be a lock on this door. It's just a devil uh, from the inside. Don't see. Let's see. What kind of uh, 
You said it's like boarded up on the windows? Yeah, all the windows are like boarded over. So basically be a crafting check to remove them. Or like, just smash through them with the strength that thought an athletics check. Wooden or... boards or what? Yeah, they're wood. I have one more bottle of this oil. Burn the windows down. If you think that will get us in there efficiently. I mean, it should make it easier to smash the window at least. Do what you do. Alright, so one one action to interact to draw the oil. Second interaction to pour it on the window. Okay. Third interaction. Anyone got a light? Uh, do I have a light? Uh, as he's lighting the Molotov cocktail, watching it burn. Yeah, I don't know if anyone has anything. Not I have a blast boost, Riffy! I'll just point it at it! I have an alchemist okay. fire. I take my pistol that I've had drawn. Alright, I drew it flash round. Uh. I'm going to put the pistol very close. Yeah. So that when the firing, uh, pit the you know the wick or whatever uh -huh. the pan the the pan strikes, the powder to light. Uh huh. I'm not shooting at the window. I'm point I'm po putting it yeah, against yep. the window to fire. So when it lights, it'll hopefully ignite the oil. Yeah. So you you fire and then the spark of the like explosion catches the Molotov cocktail. Your oil. So now you've got like a burning. Ready to go. Oh, no, thing. I poured it on the. Oh, thing. you poured it right. Got it. So, yeah. boom! The whole window starts going up in uh, fire, and I mean, it's it starts slow, and then it's going to spread slowly. But you're starting to burn through the wood. Which That's window are we doing it at? Uh, this one right here. Which, yeah, whichever one was closest to me. That's definitely the closest one. And uh, I can't step away from it because I don't have any more action. So I'm just next to it for now. Just stand next to it as it starts burning. All right, so on the next initiative, you guys are kind of like incredulously here um, because the little like slot on the door like slides open and you see a pair of eyes staring back at you. Hello. And they're just like, they literally are like kind of like looking you guys over and like what's going on and they just say, password, please. The password is, this building is full of murderous wasps. Open the door or they will sting you to death. Let it burn! Or that. <laughs> uh, you, you hear, like, they, they quizzically look at you and you didn't say, close but not quite, and then, like, close the, the, the thing again. <laughs> it does not surprise me that that was actually close. Mud Shagwa. <laughs> We're back to uh, to Glass's turn. Um, oh, my turn. Let's see. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Glass gets to go first. Yeah. Uh, so on his turn, he can't use the gun again. I think he like gleefully jumps from the throne like over towards the wasp. I'm gonna give the punks their turn first because they technically have another turn. So the punks back off and they try to do an, their other um, alchemist fire. First one gets a 18, which hits. Second one gets a 8, which misses. So this one, 6 from the splash. This one takes 1d8. Uh, 7 plus the splash uh, plus the thing. Yeah, so with that one, uh, the, the next Optimus Fire splashes, and then there's just a pile of dead wasps 
that have killed like half the crew, but then just like dropped them right. Uh, but they had to use all their actions just to do that. And then they just look at their boss like, oh, what? Boss, what's going on? And then Glass <laughs> is just like looking up at the like thing where it came down. And then you, you see him go, ah, I think it's them. You hear heavy, like thudding footsteps. Sounds like this, like large, heavy armor is like, like striding really loudly across the warehouse. But that's all that's going on on his turn as he is running somewhere. You just see one of the goblins over the other body that's been stung to death and going, where is his glasses? He can't see without his glasses. Oh my god, a my girl called back? What the? That's that's a deep cut. Alright, Anita. Wow. Alright, so I would like to grab... Is Refi in the way? I mean, can I get into that burning window and then just start taking it down? I mean, the window's starting to kind of go up in flame at this point. He's technically in, he's kind of in your way, so you can't really do much work with him standing in front of it. You can, you can, it's just, you know, he's kind of in the way, so you're going to take a penalty for any sort of dismantle checks. Because uh, I don't have anything heavy enough to break it. What about Wyvern? Wyvern. He's heavy. You're I right in you... front of, you're, you're in there, Ruffy. Because that's what I was thinking. I was just going to have Wybert charge the into delay. the burning. Okay, I will delay. But oh, I'm no, the end, the end of, of the, the turn. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. You're at the end of the turn. Yeah, you can't delay. I will just stand right next to Ruffy. Actually, no, because I can't have Wybert go there. I'll knock on the door. Because you said... You said, like, uh, burn it all down, and then they looked at you and said, Ah, close, but not quite, and close the... the I'll try again. The... Can I get... We... Two you, tries. Would would Annie remember anything about what they might have said? Right, before, like on the bridge or something while they were or being crazy? Or anything that was on the paper? Uh, you can make a recall knowledge uh, check of some sort. I don't uh, Anything applicable here? Let me see. Underworld lore. I don't have underworld lore. The one character. <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what 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 did I say? Let it. Just make it a straight like uh. Well, hmm. what did I say? Burn it all. Yeah, you said burn it all down or something like that. What did you say? Like let it burn, let it burn, something like that. I forget exactly what you said. Burn it all. Uh. Okay. So you say burn it all. Uh huh. Like knock on the door and say burn it all. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait for their the NPC's turn to oh, see right. what happens. You're right. That's it for my turn. Let's say this, because we are like at the end of the night. It's it's just a little bit past 10. The wasps have been dealt with. Half the powder kick bunk gunners are dead inside. And Anita has like knocked on the door and said this password. Uh, you hear like a voice inside, like the, the, they, they open the door and they say, yeah, that's it. And then they go to unlock it and you hear like, and there's like a little goblin voice who like, like stops her and pushes her out of the way and you see like um a dragging of like a chair and then a pair of like a, the goblin face stands on the chair to get out of this little thing and just looks right at you and says are you those are you those gattleby people that that killed my my men back at the bridge bottleneck bridge i recognize the descriptions what's with the wasps anyways i've been waiting for you 
What? Yeah, we got we got a lot to discuss. How about how about we call a truce, and I don't have to kill you, and you can stop killing my men, and we can settle this like real criminals, or we can just burn you. The window's like burning on the side. <laughs> I was on the top right to throw a Molotov cocktail in the window. Yeah, but uh, Sans intent. He'll, he'll, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Saruk, believe it or not, you actually get the sense that he is being truthful about this, that he, he really is wanting to invite you in for a conversation and has been blindsided by you guys like ambushing them in their warehouse. And, <laughs> He really does want peace and truth and, and will bring you guys in for a conversation if that's the way you go. But you might have more luck. Just You guys might have the advantage, right? Maybe you don't want to parlay with them. That's up to you guys. But you don't get any sense that he's trying to pull one over on you. Do, we get do a I sense shoot him that, now? 